All right, welcome to Craft Imperial. This is the Viking. I am the Bourbon Cowboy. We sit here to discuss great cigars, great whiskey, and have a lot of fun with banter and discussing all these great cigars and bourbon. We'll sit here every week with you, enjoy this podcast, different cigars, different whiskey, all the banter, a lot of fun, a lot of nonsense, and <laughs> that's what it's about. Thank you for joining Craft the Puro. Please enjoy this episode. Cheers. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Craft and Puro. Here with the Viking and the Agua Cowboy. This is a We're back in the Agua. Go ahead and pour a Russian one. Uh, the mad Russian, like to most wars, is late. So, you know. <laughs> late to war. You know, yeah. Whatever. Well, uh, yeah, for bet. I mean, we're in the 90s and um, looking for places to do a podcast. Um, well, let's just say this is the perfect place. So, anyway, so we're down on the back gig getting ready to get this thing going. And um, we went down to the, we're getting ready to do a bourbon event and we're we're trying to try some rise and decide which one we're trying to maybe pair with a cigar. I'm not saying we got the perfect cigar, but we wanted to try um, on this cast to start with the old new riff, well, new, new riff, um, rise. And it's a bottle and bond. Um, so that's what we're gonna start with. And cigar-wise, me and him are just, uh, one that I've never done is the AP Carrillo, uh, the Pledge. I've had it for a long time and never tried it, so I'm going to start my day out with that. What do you got there, uh, Mike? I'm going to smoke a UF-13 uh, from Liga Bravada. We opened up uh, Captain Z's on Telegraph Road today as a Cyclops supplier, or retailer. Um, it's always Not cool. Awesome. That's fantastic. But it's always cool to go in. I, I do it all the time. Every time we open an account, I go in the humor and buy something, right? Looking around, there's some UF-13s sitting up there on the shelf. So I bought a few of them. And I, haven't, I haven't smoked a UF-13 in probably... Shit, they came out in 2013, so... I, mean, you have I don't your, know. I'm going to take a snapper shot. Or I may have had one in... starting with? May have had one in 15 or 16, something like that. So anyway, I'm snapping some shots for you guys, and uh, we'll get that on there. And uh, and yeah. we are playing some uh, Michael Fronte, baby. Michael Fronte. No shoes, nation. Yeah. And we're finishing up. I kind of started the day with these margaritas here that the cowboy makes, and he kind of stole this cool idea. He stole it. Stole it. He basically. So he makes his margaritas from scratch, right? Every ingredient's just hand, hand squeezed lime juice, everything like that, right? So once he's done, he puts a lime, basically takes the lime, squeezes the juice, and then he pushes it inside out. So the rind becomes a bowl, and all the fray from the lime is floating down in the in the in the margarita. So what you do with that little bowl is you put a shot of reposado on top, and it's a double shot margarita. Yeah, top it. And it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. Uh, I think it's 
Well, cheers. Cheers, man. It's cool. uh, cheers have to you another you? Uh, Wherever you went and got that idea from, where you stole it, you stole the idea. I like your idea better because at least the lime still stays in the drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not the rhyme, right? I don't know. So anyway, we um, we set up another account. The Craft Impuro Cyclops is doing freaking fantastic. The Captain Z's is one of those places that everybody kind of knows in St. Louis. They've got really good pricing, all their bourbon and cigars. And he usually has a, a pretty well-stocked humidor, uh, humidor especially for... What was that? Humidor. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> you know, Freudian slip on him. Oh, anyway, shit, we got all tongue-tied. Uh, he's kind of known for boutique, boutique cigars and um, things that we like. I mean, he carries quite a, quite a bit of the Tatawahe mm -hmm. and um, the Liga Pravada, which you guys like. I, I love it. And um, Roma Craft, I mean... Along those lines, he carries some stuff plus all the good stuff that you guys know. He's like, he's grown a lot too, man. I mean, I remember he needs six, a bigger spot. Said five six spot. years ago when I first went in there. Human, I mean, when I say grown, like the spot hasn't gotten any bigger, but the selection, quality of selection, and uniqueness of collection uh, or selection that's there now is. It parallels a lot, and it's unparalleled to a lot of others. It's actually really cool, man. So, um, so let's Zach go out there. Thanks. I want to go through it because I just want our listeners to know that we've been in with the Cyclops now. We're probably just seven weeks hitting. No, let's call it two months. Let's just round two months. Okay, two yeah. months. So we got our AP Cigar with Mike Waller over there, yep. who is the owner of... Uh, Table 36, 36 yep. and uh, loves our cigar. So that's the Illinois. Here in Missouri, you know, we've got uh, Montres, uh, Lit, of course, you know, Bobby, our, our Jess, everybody at Montres, Brian, Dana, Andrew at Lit. Yes, and then uh, about a week or a week and a half, two weeks in with uh, Grand Crew. Jimmy and Brian down at Grand Crew, yeah. Yeah. And they're supporting us, and everybody's loving the cigars. And um, of course, golf courses. We're, you know, we we have regular bourbon and cigar events out there, and then we've got our cigars in the, the golf shop out there. A big shout out to Sue and Matt Iovaldi uh, for supporting Craft and, and Piero and all the guys out there that love our cigars, and that we get to see pretty regular out there. And then, uh, am I missing anybody yet? That's where we're at right now, man. I mean, we're hoping to get Sip and Smoke on board, um, you know, and there's not too many more. Maybe we'll just have to see. What, yeah, and that's, and that's what's really cool about it, and, and this, this kind of sounds pretentious in a way, but you own your company, it's your product, you decide where it goes, and the things are going to go where we want it to, so that's right. what's fantastic about it. Anyway, I just wanted to get a shout out to those guys, <laughs> we appreciate the support. And, um, anyway. Well, let's get into these and let's get into some cigar stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, the U.S. Open in golf is this weekend? I guess, uh, T. I'm going to bring this down tonight. Alexa, volume seven. Yeah, that's a little, a little better. better. It was like, this, uh, Michael is getting 
So the U.S. Open is this coming this week. It starts Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, a video went out of Tiger Woods walking on crutches today. Yeah, I saw that. And his right, or was it yesterday? Yeah, his right leg is still in a full cast. And doesn't he like have a big goatee on it? Yeah, he's got a. I've been sitting on my fucking couch for six weeks doing nothing. Look on his face. Um, look at that. I set my lighter down. Uh, hot that shit is. Feel it. Yeah, that's why you want to keep everything within the uh, uh-huh. circle of well, trust. Well, it's all over there with you. Know, the circle of trust is all over there with you. <laughs> well, yeah, we can move it down. Anyway. Um, yeah, so who is. You know, Mickelson won um, won the PGA PGA Championship. Yeah, and will he be a possible front runner in this as well? Well, I would think so. You got to consider in his career, there are ten times he's played the U.S. Open and tied second place. It's the one tournament he's never won in his PGA career. Well, he's pretty hot. You know, he's doing fantastic. I, I something that was really funny about him. That tournament right after the open, whatever it was, he missed the cut after the first round. It was like 12 over, and everybody was talking shit. And he was like, guess what? I just won the PGA, so who gives a shit? <laughs> you know. The thing I'm curious to see is, I told you about John Rahm, right? What happened to him in that tournament? Yeah. How they COVIDed him, pulled him out. He's playing the open. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't understand it, but it's... It'll be interesting. Well, I'm just saying with this COVID stuff, you know, listen, if I'm an athlete, I'm out there doing my thing and I'm focused on my craft. But then again, you know, you're six strokes ahead of everybody. Seven. Okay, seven. Seven strokes. Seven strokes ahead of everybody. a lot of fucking strokes, man. And you're about to win this game and then somebody walks up to you and says, uh, your uh, test came back positive, you're out. And so you're looking at what? Uh, what's the purse on winning that? Are we talking uh, he a million and a half? No, he would have. I think he'd have made eight hundred for that one. That's still a lot of fucking money. That's man. a lot of money. That's a so lot of money. And then you know, I, I don't know, man. It's well, the thing that got me right was it wasn't even like there were two or three people behind him by like one or two strokes. No, there were three people tied seven strokes back. You know what I mean? So it's, now I know you can't let his score stand and be like, okay, well you're not playing that day. Penalize him two strokes, right? Maybe, okay, and then let the game play out. You know, because the winner, the guy, the, the guy that won, still only won, I think, twelve under. So even if like Rom would have had to lost seven strokes in that final round and tied first place, but you took it completely away with away from him. Like the whole by taking completely away. It would be like fighting in a boxing match to the 11th round and something happens and they tell you the fight doesn't matter. It's not, it's not on your record. You can't count it as a win. You can't count it as an exhibit. You can't count it at all. It's not there. Well, how do they do that in horse racing? Because didn't the, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby came up dirty? Yeah, they banned that guy with the goofy hair and the orange tan. Yeah, well, apparently he's won, like, I don't know how many. A, a he's, like, one of the lot. top winners. A very much he a lot. He may be the top winner. He, he, I think but he But they banned him, but not is. the horse. The horse can continue, but not him. Just not under his tutelage. Can't, he, he cannot own or train the horse. So it's not, it's, it's, I don't know if it's him. It's horses trained by him cannot be ran in um, whatever that circuit is. 
So you can't run it, and, and the Pe- Preakness can't run, the Derby can't run, whatever the other one is for the Triple Crown, you can't run any of that. Which, that's a little bit of a bitch, you know? Yeah. Well, alright, so we've covered golf, we've covered horse racing. How about the setting of today? As I peer around and look out of the uh, liquid sky here, there is not a freaking cloud in the sky. I hear today probably 89. Very low humidity, very low dew point. We're watching the palms kind of sway in the wind. And my little flamingo's got his eye on us and he's floating around watching us. As we uh, are into our podcast and waiting for the mad Russian, I guarantee you he's in a liquor store somewhere trying to find <laughs> something that we haven't drank before. I guarantee he's trying some shit like that. Anyway, the plan today is to hang here and have a podcast for an hour and a half and whatever and spend it with you guys talking about, we'll probably hopefully get at least two good cigars in here. And you know us, we'll have right on tap now with this new riff, I also have the Bellmead um, Select Cast. And this one... This is a special one because this is the sherry finish Bellmead at Cast Strength that you can only get at, at Bellmead, right? In Nashville? Yeah. I just, let me see this. I don't know if that... Is that not that one? I don't think it is. I think this is... Is that just the sherry? sherry cast finish. Um, and I don't... Let me see on the back. Here, look at that. Let's see. See, if, see what the proof is on that. Select cast. Yeah, 116.3. Yeah. Oh, but I don't know if this is... Yeah, select cast. This is the special one. Yeah. This is the this one... This is the one that you can only buy at the gift Greenbrier. store. Yeah. So this is the cast strength sherry finish... Bellmead. And Bellmead's good bourbon, man. Um, now, what's the other one, though? You, the, you just mentioned it, that the um, Bellmead is in the Green... What did you call it? Greenbrier Distillery. Greenbrier Distillery. Now, Greenbrier has a, a whiskey out right now. Uh, I've seen it on the shelves, and I tried it down there. I didn't really care for it then. Like, face name Greenbrier? Yeah. Oh, wow. Greenbrier Distillery. They had it there amongst... I oh. mean, it was. Like I'd only had this. Bell I hadn't had. And them were all together in this distillery. Oh. I had not had. Um, I'd only had that there. Um. Kind of cool. Come back to the UF thirteen. You know what's actually kind of funny about this, um, Liga Privada cigar? It's the only not Nicaraguan puro. <laughs> so there's Honduran, uh, Honduran and Nicaraguan filler, Brazilian Metafina binder, and then it's a. Connecticut broadly from Ecuador, I think, on the wrapper. I was going to say, I was just getting ready to talk to this because uh, about this, uh, the pledge here. It's, I'm probably a half inch in. And do you know, I mean, I know I'm smoking the cigar, but I haven't looked up what is actually in this. And don't tell me because it's a little different than I've tasted. Um, I don't want to disappoint you, but I don't remember the exact blend on that. Um, I know that it's Dominican and Nicaraguan. Well, I figured, I mean, he's in the Dominican. He lives in the Dominican. Ernesto? 
Yeah. Yeah, but they've they've also done the encore, like the encore. Oh, I'm not saying that. Was but I mean, the Dominican Nicaragua is like, hey, like, you know, we're in St. Charles. <laughs> And, it's a know, little further than that. Castelli <laughs> is like, you know, like a couple it's, hours it's away. It's like we're in St. Louis and they're in... Chicago? Sure. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, let's do that. Well, either way, it's like a two-hour, you know... Well, and it's, I think it's Friday night. Okay, I don't know, whatever. whatever. It's close, though. It's yeah, relatively I get close. I mean, to see uh, what I'm saying? He's like, wants to be our buddy once in a while. Mr. Flamingo. But this um, has got an interesting, I mean, the start of this was a little harsh. It was a little earthy. Um, I think it's starting to open up a little bit now. Well, what was really funny about that, and I think it's well documented what I think about Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 and Whiskey Advocate and all that, and how I feel about that. Um, one thing, it's very good for the industry. You know, it drives people to try different cigars they normally won't. I completely agree with that. Um, I just hate how allocated things become when you put that little number one next to it. Can we turn Can we uh, turn the Cyclops in for a rating? Uh, we could. We totally could. I think we should. What do you think our uh, well, chance of even getting mentioned? Uh, I don't. I don't care for it. If we it too. blend, if if we if we get our stuff from a blending house, um, do they frown on that? Like for example, like no. Crown, crown, crown heads. They don't. They don't have a factory. They they other factories roll for them. Pete Johnson doesn't have a factory. Pepin does all of his stuff. You know, these are names that are all up in that. Yo, yeah, EP Carrillo, and so Carrillo blends cigars for crown heads. He's blended cigars for a lot of fucking people. You know. Um, but uh, the 25 thing, I, I, I don't care. I, I really I don't. I don't. If, if, I think it would. I honestly think it damages cigars. I'm going to get to my point here about making a cigar and writing number one on it and putting it out, right? So that pledge is available in three different sizes, okay? Now the pledge Sojourn, which is what that is right there, that is the actual size that won Cigar of the Year. Five fifths. Okay, yes. That's what won Cigar of the Year. Now, what had happened is when all three sizes were available, people were coming in and maybe they don't want to smoke Robusto, right? They want something like a pyramid or a torpedo or something that angle. They grab that and they're like, ah, I don't see how this is number one. Because that's not what you're understanding. That Robusto, that size, that, that amount of tobacco, that weight of tobacco is the cigar that won Cigar of the Year. You know? So now what happens is it's almost, it's very difficult even as a store to acquire those and sell them. You can buy the other sizes, but the other sizes don't move. They still move, don't get me wrong. It's still a good cigar, but it's not that, right? When you see a cigar's number one, and you, it's like, okay, so let's take on the whiskey side, take 10-year McKenna, for example, right? 10-year McKenna's good, okay? Now, if you have the bottle that was at San Francisco that was tested on, that single barrel pick that they found and took to them, you'd be like, oh my God, this Which stuff's amazing. talked about. Yeah. yeah. The cigar's the same way, man. I mean, it's the same exact way. But I think it's a great cigar. Just that top 25 thing, it... Well, again, I go back to the same thing we've talked about. The, the well, very well-educated drinkers and the very well-educated smokers know it's kind of bullshit. But is it good for, you know, for the companies? I think it is. I think it's fantastic. Because they're going to sell that's more thing. cigars. Because people who are uneducated are just going to see that number and they're going to buy it. Yes, yes. Well, I think it, I think it, it's it's incredibly fantastic. It's also semi misleading 
But I guess you could say that about anything, really. Not everything. I mean, everything is that way. Honestly. Um, but it's that that's really good. That's honestly um, now I can't I can't say we are are the best Um, I can't say honestly that I've smoked every number one cigar of the year because I've been smoking a cigar and someone says that was cigar of the year and I have no idea I don't look at I don't look at it I don't I don't care Um, but that is a very good cigar if I had to rank it you know um, it's a very, very good cigar. I like it a lot. But it also comes down to it's all. It's all. I almost equate it to like when you watch the Oscars or something. Um. Uh, you know how when you watch the Oscars, there's movies on there that you've never fucking heard of, right? That were submitted to individual film festivals and yeah, and this and that. Top twenty five is kind of that way too, right? Because Cigar Aficionado still puts Cuban like. Cuban Puro is on the top 25. They still do it. You still see Edmundo number twos out of uh, 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 Cuba SC. Um, the, uh, what was it? The Hoy de Monterey Gold out of Cuba SA was like 12 or 13 or You know what I mean? They still put those things in there um, and kind of throws things off. Well, I'm but. enjoying it, and I mean, I think I've had, you know, through the last four or five years, we've toked on some of the best. Like, I will always remember the bull. And, um... The 17 bull. Right. And I gotta say, out of all the ones that I've smoked that were number one, I mean, that one stood out to me as being something a little special. Um, I really like that one. I know the aging room had had one. The uh, Quattro, the Nick Robin. Pier, yeah, Pier, and, yeah, and that was very good. I just smoked one of those this past weekend, and it was pretty good. But I mean, as far as standing out, I thought that the bull was, and especially with the size, which was a little different. I mean, that's yeah, a big boy. That's a, a unique. Boy. It's kind of like a six sixty to sixty four almost perfecto. Right. Kinda, you know. A cool cigar. Um, yeah, but my, my thing to the Oscars is like, you know, and things get submitted and they get picked up and they get brought in and you see this and you see that and it's just a little different. I, I don't know. It's, I'm not I'm not one to follow it. So you're, have we had anybody uh, listen to the last two podcasts and chime in and give us any feedback on anything? Is anybody? Um, no, not, not, not really. I mean, we've got thumbs up and likes and everything like that, and that's been pretty cool. Um, nothing's really stuck out, so it's cool. Um, I am having an issue with the Patreon, man. Like, I can't, for any for some reason, I can't upload videos to it anymore. Right. I've sent a query out. Yeah, like, it, it just it doesn't load. I can go, so our video service is Vimeo. Like, you go there, and that's who it pulls the video from. But even if I go to Vimeo, upload the video, and trim it to go, when I put the link in, it doesn't pull the video to Patreon. So I've sent a little query in to a help desk, and I haven't got anything back yet. That's one thing that's really annoying. When you got to email people, and you got to wait for a reply on something, it, it can be frustrating. Well, especially people who get a lot of emails, because they're like, yeah, yeah, I never even checked my emails. Like, I got so many emails, I can't even keep up with them. I don't even check them anymore. Like, well, well, what what, did, what are you saying? You're not even going to be responsible and answer your emails? You're I not going to try? Like. That's really crazy. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of business. Yeah, oh, you sent a couple? Yeah, I haven't got to that yet. Yeah. 
But that's kind of been this whole freaking year. It's like, it, it's just been the craziest damn year. It's like, some people are hurting, which I get it business-wise, but then there are other businesses that are just like astronomically blown out with business. Well, dude, the cigar industry, the cigar industry went through COVID. Anything that would support home living, like we're staying at home and we can get it online and get it here to our house, is like out here, blown out. Well, the water companies, right? Pool companies, hot tub companies, debt companies, uh, fucking uh, landscaping companies. They exploded. Just went nuts because people... Uh, and I actually never thought about it this way. When you looked at it, it was like a lot of people travel through the year. And those funds are there every year for that travel to happen. And suddenly you rip that travel away. And it's not like you gave a finite date as to when you'd be able to do it again. You know what I mean? It was kind of an unknown. So everybody went, okay, if I can't go to the water, I'm going to bring the water to me. Hook their stuff up and run through it, you know? I just took that lime out of there and I wanted Rapsana. to do that last bit of uh, tequila in there. Is that tequila kind of sweet? Yeah, it's a reposado. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Um, so, <laughs> uh, how do I put this? I had a really fun kind of question to ask. Um, well, ask away. Ashing. I want to talk about ashing, okay? Um, now, I know cigars from uh, aesthetic, scientific, you know, why you should let the ash stay X amount of time and things like this, right? Okay. You know my biggest pet peeve in the world? When you have an ashtray right next to you and the ash ends on the floor? Yeah. Like, that drives me absolutely crazy. Um, I saw, uh, it was a, uh, I think TikTok, it was sent to me. This guy created a, he basically took, I don't know how to like a, like a respirator bag, okay? Yeah. And he put like a, um, you know, an air mattress pump, <laughs> put a pump to it and he inverted the airflow so it pulled the flow out and he hooked this bib to him and he would just smoke till the ash fell and then he'd click this pump and this pump would suck all the ash out of this little this little like bib into this ridiculous. bag and then he'd get up and he'd throw the bag away right <laughs> why don't you just wear a big fucking like table or why don't you just will fall on your belly table come on man it's a it's like i've seen those um uh you know because like when you go buy like beard soaps and shit like that they ha literally have this bib that you put on with suction cups that stick to the mirror so when you're trimming your beard, it catches all of it, and then you pull it off and dump it in the trash. I don't know. Innovation, baby. Like Innovation. Ash. For example, I will just say this. The the Cyclops, you don't, when you're smoking that, you get it up and rolling. I don't think you need to worry about an ash. Any problem with an ash at least two inches in. But I... And in, in, in defense of ash falling, I was with some this weekend, and I mean, I was a little over an inch, and the damn ash just gave up. Um, I think that's just a matter of you being responsible for your ash. And if you've got an inch over there, and you're in a situation where you're not sure you're doing a new cigar, after an inch or so, 
you know, go ahead and just give it, I give it a little trial period. Just kind of give it a little finger down a little, did it fall off and just watch it a little bit. Um, now, if I got caught and it falls in my lap, hell yeah. Everyone has. Uh, overall, I like to let the ash keep rolling because I, I typically feel like it it helps uh, maintain a constant flow. Well, if you want to get technical, it actually cools the cigar down so you're not burning tobacco as you smoke. Right? That's literally what the ash does to the cigar. Um, I read something the other day that I thought tied bourbon in really cool, actually. I think you've smoked these before. You know at Buffalo Trace in the gift house, they've got the Buffalo Trace cigars? Uh, you ever I seen them? Never. I think I think ever heard of a Buffalo Trace cigar. It's just like the Maker's Mark cigars, the Forty Creek cigars. Never heard of them. Oh, they're made by Ted Cigars. They're seasoned, right? They're supposed to pair well with that whiskey, you know, huh. so it sits in the staves and whatnot. Buffalo Trace just uh, partnered with Meyer and Dutch to do a premium Buffalo Trace cigar. So a non-seasoned cigar, boxes of twenty to be sold at the gift shop. Which is kind of cool. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Meyer and Duck. I want to make sure I get this right. I had not heard that. Now, I typically only get down to Louisville and those, some of those places once a year if I'm lucky twice. I'm due. I just checked my phone. I was there about a week ago last year. Uh, kind of due for it. But with everything going on, I haven't made it down there. Yeah, check this out. Um... <laughs> Meyer and Dutch, that's why it was so popular. Cigars International released it. Um, so you can get them online. Yeah. Ecuadorian Sumatran wrapper, Brazilian Arapica binder, and Dominican Piloto Cubano and Nicaraguan fillers. I mean, it sounds pretty um, good. It's made at General Cigar. Meyer and Dutch, that's General Cigar. Thank you. Sorry. I knew the name was familiar. So do we know somebody with General Cigar? Oh, uh, yeah. I can call the guy. We See? Looks pretty legit, right? It does look legit. I'm, I'm shocked, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we should uh, give those the a try. The reason I thought that was interesting is they are doing the uh, Abdomen Winkle Family Reserve cigars again. Okay. Well, that those are done through Drew Estate. Yes, Drew Estate and Match, right? Right. Um, so. Well, I'm just saying the owner of Match has helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that partnership's still there with that cigar. Right. That's yeah. still a, that's still a thing. Um, but uh, they're doing it again. And what I'm really curious to see: Are we going to get the original um, uh, stack wrapped, dipped, right? Actually, kind of seasoned cigar that didn't have a lot of taste to the wrapper itself, but it burned that way. Or are you going to get what that that public release was? That really just tasted like a seasoned cigar. I would like him to go back to the original and go a little size difference, like maybe go to a like a piggy, you know, like what we uh, like a pig. Yeah, like the pig we had from the uh, L the LCA. Yeah, I hated that cigar. I didn't hate it. I mean, it was no, one no, of my things. I understand that cigar we hated. But with a good well, not hate, didn't hate it. I mean, didn't say that. And with, uh, well, with a different put together on the whole damn thing, it might be a nice smoke. They have some really amazing tobacco in there with a, a different cap to start off with and do a bourbon tip and have it. I, I believe the first bourbon tip was done in New Orleans. There's some sort of company that actually does that for them. And it was a Pappy bourbon tip. Um, 
and have it be kind of a fatty. Um, I don't know what size that pig was. I mean, it was porky, but part of that was really good, I thought, but then the other part of it was really bad. I mean, the initial wrapper was so smooth. It was kind of like a buttery, it had a real buttery flavor, if I'm remembering right, when we started out, but it just, just fell apart. I think the construction of that just wasn't really good. It was hard to keep lit, blah, 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 blah. I agree. Well, cigar. it was really funny on that cigar because mine, it took me 10 minutes to get the damn thing lit. And... And, of course, we could have had some bad ones. I mean, I haven't heard much about them. Well, they were fresh out, too. Like, they were ready instantly. Um, let's see here. Oh, here it is. Uh, let's see what a box is. 135 for a box of 20. Churchill, Robusto, Toro. Oh, so they're going to go uh, long and skinny. Oh, no, all sizes. Well, a Churchill is like... 749. 749. The is a little shorter. It's a true Cuban, a 549. Toro's right in there, 652. Uh, but one, I don't know, you want to order one for the podcast? Yeah, I... We can. We'll just explore. I'd like to do that. I'd like to do these Buffalo Tracers. I'm looking at Buffalo Tracers, huh? Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll do that too. Crap, can we do that? Yeah, we totally can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that when we get done. That'd be pretty sweet. We'll have those on in a couple weeks. Um, And we could break uh, that bottle of Buffalo Trace that we've been kind of hanging on. Yeah, we sure could. That'd be fantastic. That'd be actually really cool. Yeah, do them together. Be pretty sweet. Uh, it's got a, the article is kind of cool. It's good. You guys can read it on half. That's where I saw it at. I'm not gonna try and take credit for any of that. But um, uh, it's not infused, and it's not like the previous one was. It spent a year inside Buffalo Trace bourbon staves. Um, it it's made at General Cigar, and then it is sold by Meyer and Dutch and Cigars International. Um, there's a big company that owns both of them. Uh, but 135 bucks, box of 20 cigars. I mean, that's less than 10 bucks a cigar. You know, it's $5 a cigar. Right? Six? Yeah. Six something? Six. I say we do it, get it under our belt, and, and uh, we really like it. That would be a great uh, fit for maybe one of our uh, that would be DC party. Very sure. Very sure. Urban and cigar party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I got it. That's cool. I think that's actually really awesome. Um, that'd be kind of cool. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, you know, doing that thing again, like I told you, like with, with my bourbon and stuff now. Um, it's, if I buy a bottle that I want to try, we're buying it so we can do it here, right? It's, I don't want, it's not going to sit at home and chill until I'm ready for it. Because there's just so much stuff. Like I was moving things around yesterday and I was like, there's literally like 12 bottles here that like we've had for the podcast and they just stayed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've never gone back to them. They're just sitting there <laughs> yeah that's how you end up acquiring like 50 60 miles no 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 but then we've gone through you know you'll have six or seven of one bottle and you've gone through four or five of those six or seven bottles you know yeah it's like when you look at my scotch it's it's very understandable what scotches i like because they're there i think maybe twice a year we just need to have a blowout party and charge a bottle purge you know just say hey we're gonna charge this much money we're gonna get through all these bottles 
And they're going like, well, that seems like a lot. Really? Okay, so there's probably, you know, three or four grand of open bottles and pours. Hodge, I would guarantee between, let alone that what you have open you want to kind of move through, and that I've got open that we want to move through, the low end, you're looking at 9 to $12 per pour at any restaurant. The high end, 70 to 120 you know, yeah. on some of those bottles. And charge, what, 50 bucks a head with food? I, I would, I mean, I always try to keep it real, but I mean, at this point, $75 and we'll cook seems pretty freaking reasonable. Private invite. I mean, you're only talking 10, 12, 15 people. Yeah. You don't even need that much. Yeah. yeah. And it's a donation. This is not a uh, 501c, so right. it's a donation. Yeah. yeah. Donation um, bucket. Highly suggest a $75 donation. <laughs> Did I say 175 <laughs> You said highly suggested. <laughs> Did I say 175 We sincerely highly suggest you may or may not be served if you don't donate $75. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think the line true. might get too long. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, all right, we're waiting on the Mad Russian. He's going to get here, but we're about it. We're partying on. We're in. We're into these cigars. Whether we got Garth or not, we're partying on. <laughs> all right, Wayne. Um, hey, we're burning daylight. I want to try. Yeah, I don't think we're losing any daylight, bro. Yeah. Even the clouds on here. Um, like till nine o'clock. Uh, I want to get in and let's let's actually kind of try this. Uh, Bottle and Bond Rye from New Rift. This was distilled in spring of 2015, bottled in fall of 2019. Tell me I'm right. Woo! Spring of 19, I was close. All right, so he can have this one because he looks like a good yeah, sport. Yeah. Um, cheers, buddy. Yeah. We hadn't done that yet. It felt a little weird. Yeah, because we're still finishing up our afternoon. Margarito. New Riff has got to be probably one of the coolest distilleries that I've, that's popped up in the past couple of years. I haven't been to it, but just the the really funny story about them. But Well, I would pick the, the two, and I think we've probably said this, New Riff and then um, Wilderness Trail. Yeah. You know what was so funny about New Riff to me? At least in St. Louis, right? Like, I don't know about anywhere else. So... I was buying New Riff and bringing it over for what a year, year and a half. I brought that. I brought that bottle and bond, that single barrel from Total Wine. Okay. Remember, I used to talk about how you could, you could still, you can't. Well, you can't now, but. Well, they used to have like a six or nine month exclusive. <coughs> they had a one year exclusive with Total Wine. Wow. And what was so? This is when I realized that liquor stores don't have the impact I thought they did on the consumption industry, right? Um, when Lore Distribution in St. Louis, that's who got New Riff, delivered it. I was sitting in a couple of spots that had it, and people were like, what is this? I've never seen it. What is New Riff? And I would, I would tell people, I'm like, you know, you literally can drive two minutes down the road to Total Wine, walk in and buy a case of their barrel pick. A two, six, a twelve, or I think it's a six bottle case of their barrel pick. And check out with it. No one had heard of it. It was it was just amazing to me how the people that were drinking it had no idea what it was. And I thought that was really neat. And now it's everything they're doing now is their own juice. I think starting with 19. What was... Well, 
Okay, so this is a hundred because it's a bottle of bottle, yeah. so that's all I needed. Yep. The bottle we saw was a single barrel pick of I know, the rye. And I meant to grab that, dang it, and I got caught up with something and I forgot to grab it, but it, it has to be hopefully even better, so that's great. Oh my god. Hey! Shut up. All right, guys, take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Mad Russian. Stay hey. tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a Russian in the water. <laughs> there's a Russian in the water. There is a Russian in the water. I don't think the Russians, well, you guys did that um, when I was out of town. Yeah, we, in, we uh, podcasted in the. Naples, uh, you did the new. What did I call uh, it? From the Kremlin or whatever. Kremlin 2021 or Kremlin version <laughs> 2.0 or some shit. Which is right on time considering Biden is meeting with uh, Putin today. That'll be interesting. Well, we're not a political podcast, so. No, we are not. So to catch you up, I'm doing the EP Corillo, the pledge. He's I'm on uh, UF 13. Uh, yeah. What are and you smoking? We're doing the new Riff Rye uh, bottle and bond, and we just got through that, and we're just about ready to pour the Belmine. So we'll let you finish yours and catch up. Rocking the Maui gems again. Yeah, I had to switch Love them out because, because those, new glasses. those other ones, very big. They were, they, yeah, and they were heavy. Where they at? I, I returned them. Oh, shit. These were actually a little less expensive, still polarized, so, uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't actually owned sunglasses in, like, three years. Th I'm, sitting, I'm sitting in those guys' What, have you been renting? I mean, what, what do you mean you haven't owned? What does that mean? Like, he hasn't had a good pair of sunglasses. Oh. Because it was the thing about, about that was one of one of those, those, those weird things I was willing to give up, um, as, you know, to avoid fights in married life. You had to give her some of your sunglasses? No, no, I had to agree to not buy any because 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 I had lost a few oh a few God. pairs of expensive glasses, you know. Like I still have. There's one pair that these Oakleys that I bought with a titanium frame. They were they were they were something like five hundred. Oh, that's another contractor giveaway. And I Oakleys. Uh, yeah, well, okay, but I used them and I square and I, and, frame too. Square and, no, frame. No, no, not mine. No, not yours. No. But but I but I I I I really wore the hell out of those. And I, I sent them in to get them fixed. I was willing to pay, but I was expecting to pay like 250 bucks to, ha to have them reconditioned. And all they did was replace the rubber, and and then and they charged me 100 bucks for it. <laughs> so I can't, I can't, I can't even wear those because the lenses are so scratched up, and and they don't, I don't think Oakley makes those anymore. So it's about time to get something new. I like them, man. They look good. They look good. Gotta, yeah. Can we shave your head now? Can you give that up to your hair? I was thinking about it. If I did that, oh, let's take it back I, down. You can spike it again. I'd have to like. Why? I don't know. Why? I'm, I'm bald and it's this long. Wait, why? I don't. I don't understand. You're not gonna win that argument with me. I'd look younger. I have to. I have <laughs> yes, to lose. Would. The, if, I, if I lost the hair, I'd lost. I'd, I'd kind of like lose the beard too. Eh, okay, I'm out. But nah, I don't like that idea. Quitter. What are you smoking? I wish I had taken the time to read about this. I, I didn't. This is a. This is a. A Pravada stick. It's a. Uh, Rojas, I, I don't anything about it. Um. <laughs> is that out of cool. the, the Pravada bag? Yeah. Is it uh, so? That's the um, but it's monthly the cigar world. club. Yeah, yeah. from uh, it was from from May. Oh, okay, cool. I just cool. got the, the the June ones a couple days ago, and I and I 
I usually rush to, to open those bags, and I, I haven't. I well, we were talking. My box open. Yeah, it's still sitting in my row. Yeah, we were we were talking the other day. I'm like, I still have kind of like how you have your store. Remember when we were going through your humidor looking at things? Yeah. I pull. I open them on the farm roll, and I pull the factory sheet out. Rubber band them. Got three months. I do too. Farm rolls almost like a bravada. And smoke them and talk about them. Do a farm a farm roll yeah. podcast. Yeah, we actually, you know that. what? One of the fun ones would be if we took the whatever month was was the Caldwell takeover because those ones actually had bands, and so we can read about the Caldwell, Caldwell takeover. Yeah, one one of the farm rolled monthly packs. It was it was either the only only farm roll that I've had that had bands on it since August of last year was the Paul Stulock. Yeah. Um, so there was one that had where, where it was just one cigar that had a band, but I have one that, that they called it the, the the Caldwell Takeover, and all all four cigars had had Caldwell bands. Oh shit! Maybe you got something different. I don't know. But he's not in the farm role. I both. I he's both. in both. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I get I get two times the monthly box. Are you and, sure and it was one the farm role? The farm role. Yeah. Because I have one oh, bag. I remember it was probably a month or so back, and it has labels on everyone. That's month. Paul Stula. Yeah. Yeah. And I did smoke one, and it was okay. I don't. But that's like, who did. That's who did the very first LCA release. Was Paul Stulak. Kind of had the Greek Athena. Well, thing this on one, it. I'm right into the beef of it now, and the retro hail is fantastic on it. I was with somebody the other day, and we're smoking cigars, and I'm like, hey. I says, why don't you shoot a retro hail on that? And uh, they were not happy with the retro hail. <laughs> Some people naturally can do a retro hail, and then other people can't. I mean, it's I, I tried to explain them how to retro hail. It's like they're like, do you hold your breath? I'm like, no, man. You just kind of bring it into your mouth and kind of naturally push it up through your nose. And they're like, man, that sounds scary. You know, but it's kind of a natural thing. I went to uh, otolaryngologist, you know, ear, ear, nose, throat doctor, yesterday for a kind of a checkup because I've had I've had the surgeries to remove polyps. And by the way, they're not they're not they're not brought on by by, by cigar smoking. But I, I, I was totally honest about the about the cigar thing, and I was expecting doctor to to, to, to say something about that, but she said it was cool. Apparently, she occasionally smokes cigars too. So, I I, I like he- hearing those 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 stories when you know when when you get somebody who you might expect would 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 hate it, would criticize it like a dentist, a dental hygienist, especially in this well, case like a, a nasal a doctor. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, Mark, you met last week when you were there. Mark Griman had the cigar uh, cigar malt from Dalmore. Oh yeah, Mark. Okay, you've met Mark before, Mark Griman. Uh, he had mouth cancer, and when he got all healed, his doctor told him he said the cigars are fine. He's like, you might not taste anything, but the cigars, you're fine. His mouth cancer was derived from whatever. It had nothing to do with the smoking of cigars. And I've met people who had uh, that cirrhosis of the liver, but it wasn't from from drinking. In those cases, it was it was from really high sugar intake these guys were drinking well i've heard i've heard that too like yeah they were they were drinking like hold on like a fifth of hot damn a night 
I'm that could possibly break. Oh, you could get Kool Aid. No, I'm I'm saying that these guys were were like or soda or soda. That's soda. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, one 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 guy in particular. It was it was Mountain Dew. He was he drank nothing but Mountain Dew all the time. He drink water. Drink. I've heard a lot, and, and I and I'm not a big Mountain Dew guy, but I mean I have heard so many bad things about Mountain Dew. Like that is like the ultimate sugar, and it's probably not right. Mountain Dew's probably got a, a, a bad rap, but no, it's bad, very bad for you. I've just heard a lot. I mean, people like got rotted teeth out and whatever because they're just so hooked on that Mountain Dew. And I'm like, man, I got off soda a lot. Now, do I have a soda from here or there? Or maybe a mixed cocktail? Yes. But I'm saying overall, I, you just want to eliminate as much. Don't go nutto, but I'm just saying eliminate as much sugar as you can. Yeah, most of my sugar now, I'm just. It's, it's the just natural the glucose out of you're eating. and glucose and then whiskey and shit like that. Yeah. It actually comes from the wood. I remember um, seeing how you reacted when when you uh, grabbed one of those those monsters that, that had sugar and you didn't realize that it did. Oh yeah. Oh, it's gross. I was like, oh. I joke. I joke with Aaron all the time. I'm like, I don't drink soda. I, I don't. I don't drink soda. When we get on the plane and we go somewhere, I get a coke, and it, everyone always laughs because I'll take a drink and I'm like, Ugh. like that shit burns my. It's so carbonated, there's so much sugar in it, it like burns my fucking throat. Well, I was with another brother of mine, uh, Groomster, and uh, he's really high on the uh, Crown. And it's not Crown and Coke, he does like a Crown 7-Up Zero, or a Crown Sprite Zero. Hey, hey no, guys, Chief, uh, Chief Doug just sent us a uh, Retro Hell video. Is that uh, the ball one, Chief? Yeah. Chief Police of Ball. Oh, yeah. And he, he's saying he did <laughs> retro hell? Yeah. I sent, we were talking about retro hell, so I sent him a video of me retro Nice guy. Chief, love you, man. All right, go ahead. Sorry. But anyway, they do soda, but it's uh, either a 7-Up or a Sprite Zero, so I've enjoyed those. I'm probably a Sprite guy over a 7-Up. I like a... a, a um, we were Some at of those the zeros legends. Have that saccharine taste to them. Yeah, yes. but but this Sprite Zero really didn't catch me like. Them. When we were at the legends that day, and we got those. We were gonna do those Tito's and Club, and we got that Sprite Zero and, and Tito's. It was amazing. Uh, I, I I love the 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 extra lemon slash lime kind of thing yeah. it did to it. It was actually really, and it made it denser. Not too you know sweet. I mean? Just yeah. a little additive. Um. Sure. Oh, so we were talking about before you got here. Meyer and Dutch um, partnered with Buffalo Trace. We actually bought a box of them for the podcast um, and had General Cigar rolled in a Buffalo Trace cigar. Oh. Now, it's not dipped. It's not like the Ted's one that spends a year in the barrels. So it's going to be like, those, are they going to sell it at, at, at cash registers? With, 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 no, with it's in 25-count box. Okay. Yeah, I'll show so, a picture So far, the, all of, of, of those, like, Bourbon well, that's, that's collaborative Ted's ones. Cigars. I, 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 I hate, I've hated those. Actually, but has that anybody had a Maker's Mark one? Yes. Ted's. Yeah. Yeah, and and I've never had one. I, well, I oh that's cool. So like even the 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 blends ones are okay, and the, they're 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 a bit harder to get. They even come with the with the brass horse on on the end of the of the glass. Mm. Those are cool. The Blends ones. Those are sold at the Derby. You can get them at the at Kentucky Derby. I Blanton's ones. forgot where I bought them. It was it was actually at a at a at a hotel, like the Brown Hotel in. in oh, nice. Louisville. Yeah, that would make sense too. Yeah. Um, no, so that's actually pretty cool. We got. Oh, do you want to do a robusto, a toro, or a churcho? I'll leave that up to you. All right, cool. I'll read about it and see what we think. 
figure it out. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get those for the podcast, and and we'll have them on, and then we'll do a we'll crack open a couple of bottles of Trace we've been holding. So That's that'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really unique. Uh, who's excited for the Calaveras? <laughs> yeah. Before we get into that, let's just oh. also shoot out that. Did you like the Lost Angel? Yeah, he loved it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I got that over in Clayton. Uh, yeah. We can talk more about that too. What were you going to say? I do want to say if you could put this on your calendar, we'd love to have you come because you haven't been uh, in at least one, maybe two. We're having a 7 1. It's a Thursday, July, the first Thursday of July. We're doing another bourbon event at Legends. And we're going to try to spotlight a Manhattan and then a complimentary uh, or something that kind of complements that. Um, some sort of rye we're going to pick out and a cigar um, on that Thursday night. So um, we'd love to bring bring uh, a crowd to that. And um, we've, we've in, been activated to bring I some of Russell our crew. Is it come to so I thought that would oh, be yeah. fun. Um, I've got my kids coming in that 4th of July weekend. Actually, it's J9's birthday that night. I'm not seeing a lot about it because I'm going to try to do something behind the scenes fun for her. Cool. She always works our stuff for us and does such a good job. I thought um, about hosting like a, you know, first time, whatever, housewarming thing for 4th of July. Nice. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want anything big. It'd be, you know, our our small crew. But um, I thought that if you guys were around, I mean, now that you mentioned, well, that would suck for me because I. This is the first weekend we're having my immediate family here, and uh, I don't know if I can announce everything, but it'll be a big weekend to have both of my boys here with their girls here that weekend. I'm trying to get my son in early so he can do the. Uh, bourbon event out there with us but man we'd love for you to be a part of that and bring some of our uh you know our regular cast guys who've been there like sheldon curtis obviously we're not going to get julian because he's out in the mountains he's not making special flights for us <laughs> well actually you know I, I, there, there's there's some there's some guys from from, from work that, that, that i could bring i mean i'm still i'm still involved in in, in they have this kind of cigar chat room so there, there's there's definitely a high level of interest well we'd it's still cool. love to do a podcast at the Belleville Inn the Cigar Inn over there we could maybe get him out there and get on the Cyclops so he'd have a, a opportunity to try the Cyclops so we could do a podcast we'd love to get a second venue Belleville would be fantastic to have the Cyclops in over there too that'd be awesome yeah he his big concern is he he wants to know that things are gonna sell because he doesn't want to keep an inventory because that humidor you saw it's pretty small but I, I don't think that there's a, that's an issue. Well, the cool thing about that is the way we package our stuff is if you've got POS room at your register, we can package it for POS or we can package it for a humidor. Oh, so yeah. either way it goes. And I'll tell you right now, if you just do a ten pack display in your humidor, it takes up no more than five linear inches. <clears throat> Fantastic. Uh, which would be really cool. Let's talk with him and do that. 
Um, yeah, that would be fantastic. We could kill two, three more. Actually, you well, guys I'm going to go ahead and pour this uh, star pour in our next pour, that bell meat. You guys should talk to Tim, too. Get those in the hill. Yes, absolutely. Well, okay. Yeah, we'll uh, Absolutely. They we'll, have, do, we'll do business, not on the podcast. Well, I mean, it's that, that's 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 you know that's your business, but I, I just mean, you know, they, they, they seem to be pretty receptive to, to boutique. And I think they, they carry space. they carry the line of cigars that I think would do well there with ours. So I, I, I'm for that, hundred percent. Hmm. All right, we'll see. There we go. All right, so what do we got here, buddy? This is well, we've already talked about it earlier. This is the Bell Mead. I picked this up. And I always, it's kind of weird, but this was in Nashville. And we went to the distillery. And um, Greenbrier. Russian, you can, the Greenbrier Distillery. How are they, um, and I don't want to talk ignorant about it, but the Greenbrier whiskey and then them, are they all connected or they just share a distillery? No, no, that's, that's, so. They're both connected. Yes. In fact, they only very recently started um, releasing the, the Greenbrier label products. Which is here now, in St. Louis now, I've noticed. Yes, now, now you can even find it at, at grocery stores, but um, like, like actually, it, it's but it's very select ones. It's ones where, where there's kind of, you can tell what what people prefer, because there's, there's a lot of grocery stores where, where people still just want the, the, the core brands, and they're not willing to try other things. But then when you go to like the Schnooks and, and Frontenac, not that far from here, they have Greenbrier, and actually I was pretty impressed with with, with, with that Schnooks and their selection. How have we never had Greenbrier then? If we've drank Belmead, how have we never had. done Greenbrier? Well, it's the same distillery, but actually I would I would love to go there. Uh, um, I know the, 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 the Missouri uh, brand ambassador, she lives in Kansas City. Um, and, and she used to offer hookups for things that, that are only sold at the distillery because they had things they, they have they have I mean, of course what you can get here are the the cognac finish the sherry finish the rum finish but they were doing other things like uh, other grape varietals like Movedra, which is almost never used in whiskey production and you can those are releases that you can only get in Nashville so I've wanted to make a trip there for a long time. And Chelsea, the, the the Missouri brand ambassador, used to come to St. Louis and, and and set up events here all the time. In fact, she used to contact me about you know for, for support and get, getting those things set up. So you know maybe that's another another option. I can reach out to her. Ooh, that would be so so cool to have an ambassador for the company sitting here with us. Maybe she's on the cigars. Maybe she's not. And actually, that's the first time we actually get insight into the company from the company. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, okay, so, and I guess here's my question, right? So, Greenbrier, like I know of Greenbrier, right? I had been to that distillery when I was in Nashville, right? Um, that was when I had Bellmead the first time. I remember when we went to that, uh, what was that thing we went to? They had the Madeira cast, and I just can't taste, stand the taste of Madeira. Yeah. What was that thing we were at? 13 city, or 23 city blocks. Remember we got the bottle of oh. Four Roses, we all came back here. Where you got this, Bissinger's. The Bissinger's. The Bissinger. Oh, oh, Jesus oh. Christ, look at your glass, guy. <laughs> and the Bissinger's thing, oh, right? and actually, the the, 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 the the head chef, the chocolatier, Dave, 
he gave me his, his contact info because he's a big cigar smoker and he really wanted to do it like a, a chocolate and, and, and cigar event too done put on the books we'll work it out not on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm, I'm 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 having a hard time, you know, breaking back into that now that now that we can do those things again. It'd be fantastic. I don't know about you. Um, that would be super cool to do it somewhere outside, do a cool ticketed thing, be really unique with some sponsors and stuff. Be a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Um, what are some uh, what are some cigars you've been into lately, man? I mean, you, you got the sweet perch you got going on. You got the bar being built. You got the smoke room. You got oh, say hello to Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he floats around. <laughs> See that comment at the end? Uh, what have you been into? So, okay, my 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 favorite. In the last few months, really was that 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 Lost Angel. I was hoping it would be great, and I and I and I I, I loved that one. In fact, I, okay. I I like it enough. So I wanted to order another box. Do this. Don't do TAA. Okay. Because what I've been actually finding out is, and I I I had text John Cuber about it, not name dropping right, but John. So you know John Crownheads, John, right? Okay. I had actually texted about this the other day, and I was kind of curious. So I don't know if things have changed with TAA lounges and shit like that, but. In order to get the cigar, you had to be a TAA lounge, right? Okay? Yeah. If you have an online retail space, you are then able to sell to non-TAA lounges, right? What's to stop a lounge from contacting you and buying six boxes and selling them? You see what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know that was okay. Now, it may have changed with COVID and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Or maybe it just simply means that if you're not a TAA lounge, you can't purchase it from the provider because where did you buy yours from uh neptunecigars.com are they a wholesaler is that an actual they're no they're in jupiter florida right yeah but according to their website they are a taa member and have been for years and oh yeah i'm sure well they have it so they have to be um i don't know that's a weird thing about that i don't know and actually i didn't realize i I always forget that 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 the store in clayton is a john's pipe shop yeah that is now two miles from my house so i I was just there like this week. We were talking. Uh, Hodge was telling me today about how he saw one of the Dupont soft lamps. It was like seven hundred fifty bucks. I'm like, yeah, man, they're they're fucking and, they're uh, legit. The dude. other thing that was pretty funny is I saw the for uh, the Crown Heads uh, naval hat there with the smoke, the blue with the smoke. I have thing. that. Mm-hmm. The only problem is that they've left them in the windows so long they're kind of washed out. Oh, the they blue, like fade instead of like the royal oh, no. blue. Now they're kind of a powder blue, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't have put those in the window. It kind of, I don't know who's gonna buy a faded out one, but they had a couple of them. He's got some interesting stuff in there. I kind of asked him about his back room, but that's another story. You know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan of the. Uh, I, re- I did really like the, the the 2020 Los Calaveras, but not a fan of that hat. Actually, okay, actually, I wasn't either until Dave gave me one. So the reason I didn't like it is in the images and when you saw it, I thought it had that puffy. You remember the the crown heads that I gave you that looks like the Gucci symbol? Yeah. I was kind of got that puffy. Trucker one? It doesn't. That is flat. It's just a silk uh, print. The uh, Miller Highlight one is kind of puffy. Because I like, see that? 
that crown heads hat. I, I I like that style. Yeah, I like his flat bills. He just doesn't make them anymore. But you know what I really like is my custom crown heads court hat. It flew off into the wind somewhere. Well, my favorite is the Juarez hat. That that one, I've had so many people ask me every time I wear that hat. I need to wear my Juarez. So hat. I have, as you know, I also have the the the, the Russian crown heads mm-hmm. hat, and I, I I I like it for the design for the for the you know for the Russian text on it, but I, I don't like how it fits. I don't like the shape of it. I mean, that's. Well, he uh, Crownheads just released some uh, like golf hats, like old school style golf hats. They got the little ribbon up here, and they sit kind of high the up on your that head. Runs. Yeah, yeah, they look really cool. That it's was my first Crownheads Country hat. Club. <laughs> yeah, like as a member of the Chiefs or a fan of the Chiefs? A uh, member of the Chiefs. Oh wow! With the old school gold core uh, cord that goes across, it looks like an old golf hat. Yeah. 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 I still have it somewhere in the vault down in the basement. Mm. But that's all right, boys. Keep this going. I'm gonna go old old school. Get a little wet real quick. I'll be right back. Uh, So what's been going on, Russian? How's the um, the new homestead going? Oh, you've had. I've seen pictures of windows, AC units. Man, it's coming together. Actually, uh, next Wednesday, I I have I have somebody coming in to give me a quote on on replacing both AC units and and the furnaces. They they function. They work, but. the, the, the date on, on the unit itself was like 86. So That's fine. Let me give you a little word of advice right off the bat. The old stuff is better. So don't be like in such a hurry to replace them because I might even be able to set you up with a guy that can come and look at your stuff. And if there's anything that he finds is a problem, you could replace the parts because they're more reliable and they're... Uh, that's just my experience for doing this for 10 years. I just wouldn't throw a bunch of money in it because the old units can be as good as the old ones. Now, I don't know if your uh, air conditioner is probably R2, so, um, which is a Freon that's hard to get anymore. I, now everything's a 410, so, but I might be able to help you out there. Th- this has been a very interesting learning experience. I mean, I'm the, I, I, I was really set up really well by, by, by the guy I bought the house from. He was he was building that out to be his forever home, and we became friends. You know, normally like buyer and seller, in my experience, when I've bought and sold homes, personally. Yeah, but, normally they don't get too close. Yeah, they don't even get to meet each other often. Right. But yes. this guy, this guy is such a such a good guy. I mean, he, I I, th- I think it's such a funny story. A guy who sold the house has been willing to, to, to come over and work on his old house with me and and and, and teach me some of those things that. I never knew how to do, and and he there's a lot of projects that he started but didn't finish, like like running speaker wire through the house. So right now I have, I so I ran I ran speakers through through all of the, the, the first floor. I I, I installed a, a a Bluetooth unit so that I can pair my phone and and then I have same music running through the entire first floor. I bought speakers out outdoor speakers like the weatherproof ones, so that I can I can run speaker wire outside for my outdoor space so that that actually is set up as a as a as, as a cigar smoking setup i mean i, I got I, I you know the those really comfortable chairs courtesy of mark so i i i, I set up i set up the hammock out there i i set i, I set up the tv out there i set up, i set up my lights in the in, in in the gazebo so it's coming together nice i can't wait to go freaking see it 
I don't mean to <clears throat> cut in or out here. The Belmede. So I bring this back to when we were at Bissenders and we were kind of tasting through our Belmede and we were walking around just doing whatever we wanted. The sherry was my favorite, right? I think sherry is one of the most prominent, well, it is the most used. But I think it does one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the most unique things to a bourbon when it's finished, right? Only thing that comes close to it is port, right? When you cash strength the sherry, now I think the only other cash strength I've had that's sherry is um, Macallan Rare Cask. I thought you were going to say that. That's cash strength. Probably Angel Envy sherry. They're, it's all port. Well, Angel's Envy sherry release wasn't cash strength. Yeah, but there not there a sherry cash strength? That was available. It's pretty high dollar. It was a one-time release. Oh, that's yeah. the one you had to go to two seven two yeah, eighteen yeah, north or whatever. Yeah, there is a sherry cast release, pretty high proof, hundred fifty. Uh, yeah. What's your name? Went down and got that. And for that I never negotiated. I've heard you had good it, things yeah, about it. But, you but had it. Yeah. I may have tasted it. We tasted it. We yeah. tasted it at the old spot. Yeah. We, and yeah. and then also they they, are, they did a, a Madeira finish, and that is a. Uh, Again, that, that limited re re release to, to, to a waiting list, but you still have to go to, to pick it up at, at the distillery. Right. I, I haven't seen any information about whether they've they, they've, they, they've 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 gone through their their raffle, but I signed up for it. If I if I if I, if I get picked, I'm I'm, I'm going to find a way to get out there. For sure, that'd be cool. Hell. Well, I'm saying I'm with on the last. Uh, I'm with a thumb. I'm holding it with a thumb. And this thing is tasting beautiful, and it really uh, pairs well with this Belmede. That sherry cast finish with this, and the retro hail on both is fabulous. Um, and it's another one of those cigars which is really nice to see finishing itself. If you're one of those guys that like to finish your cigar down to a nub without getting a freaking roach clip on it or a spike or whatever right. the hell you do. Um, it's really finishing nice with this Belmede. Which is interesting. So what, what part of that is actually going off? Because the heat on the Belmede is actually it's actually prominent in, in the in the in the taste itself. And you get it in the nose. You can feel the heat come up through your retro here. Right. So like what I part of that cigar is it why is this cigar pairing good with that? What is it? I think because it's just a really nice mild but yet very flavorful and then when that retro hails through that with some of that sherry cast finish in there it just finishes really well nice i'm gonna nice. do another little sip of that it'd be cool yeah that's pretty cool uh the uf-13 cigars yeah not gonna get to well i'm gonna say right now the uf-13 goes better with this than it did the rye because i think the rye yeah especially at 100 rye's bottom and bond rye's tend to be more sweeter to me they really do the broadleaf on this, the actual mouthfeel of the cigar, gives off that dry, textured, almost like burlap, kind of like the hat, right? Kind That's of feeling. Really interesting you say that, because yeah, me trying to put words in it, I always feel like I'm putting something in there that may not be right. No, but that's the best part about it. I just, I I, that's why I use dumb words because you can physically see it. And when you see it, you're like, oh, okay, I guess it I can get dry, that. It is dry, it is with at least, and even this cigar, it's kind of a dry, but yet flavorful finish, and it meets up really well when this bell meat comes in. Mm. Yeah, the 13's got some really vintage, dusty stuff in the retro hill, 
Um, and then when you bring on that heat immediately from the, the sherry cask on the bell mead, wow, um, it, it, it cooks, right? It almost boils it up. And then you finish with a really dry oak. It's, it's really cool how it goes together. How's your stuff? Yeah. Um, what, you guys done already? Well, it was good. Uh, actually, I think... So this is where I, I, I do they say which which type of sherry? Uh, actually, I think it did on the Oroloso. It's Oroloso. Okay. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's there's a pretty broad spectrum of, of, of sherry, and I think the the sweeter sherries uh, work really well with, with 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 scotch, but often they're they make a bourbon too sweet. So. Uh, well, and that's why I think overproofing it. Like cash strength it or barrel proof it, right? Yeah. Make it one fifteen or higher, and and see how it treats. And those difference, the difference in those sherries, a lot has to do with whatever the region that you're getting that sherry finish from. Right? Wood moisture, yeah, right. moisture in the wood. Well, yeah. all, well, I mean, all sherry is produced in that that they call it the sherry triangle that the um, in 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 southwestern Spain. Right. And. Um, really? Yeah. Um, actually, anybody who was this, this, I, I really wish during my I Navy, Navy time I'd, I'd been stationed there. I was supposed to be. I had orders to, to, to go to Spain. Oh, I would been there. Sorry, you did a bunch of cool shit. Man, bro. I would have I would have been there for three and a half years, and I would have been splitting my time between between that part of Spain and and the island of Crete. And instead, they sent me to San Antonio, Texas. So I was really bitter about that. Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the thing is, I, I, I used to, when, when I did wine pairing events, I used to always sneak in some form of sherry. And my favorite thing was to get one of the really dry sherries that the people typically don't like to drink on, on their own. sherry is well, very dry, right? No, no, that's, that's, that's the extreme sweet side of it. Oh, okay. But like a, like a, a, okay. a fino or a... a uh, Montiato. That's where I've heard Montiato. They, they would. The thing is, um, those people don't like to drink them on, on on their own because because they they even have kind of a bitter quality. But those they're perfect for ending a, a wine pairing dinner when you have when you serve a super sweet dessert. Like not not like some giant slice of cheesecake, but something that's that that, that that's normally a, made, like a tapas dessert, like a, a small yeah, ornate yes. flavor explosion yes. dessert, right? Yeah. But but the but an overly sweet dessert paired with with a, with a really dry sherry tends to do really well, especially when you when you get something that has the, like the well a good crust. Let's talk about something in that same note. Remember when we did with Mike Weller? We did the table thirty six launch at Lynn. He yep. gave us the box of peacemakers. We did. No, that wasn't the night we did that. Never mind. When we did, all of us did that podcast. Was it my birthday podcast with uh, Axe and Oak? We did all three Axe and Oak. Yes, but but the, with Mike, that was the, the the Norwegian liqueur. Yes, that. But didn't you bring? We had we had a whiskey finished in something, and then you had. Oh yes. Yeah. What yeah. was that? Well, okay. So that was we did that. I did that with the Norwegian one, the Aquavit. Um, I don't. We may have done that with with sherry as well. No, we've only done it once. Okay, well, it's only then, once. Okay, then it was the Aquavit, and that was with with Mike. And but what was really cool about that? Now, I was not a fan of it. Right? It really, honestly, tasted like melted white vanilla licorice to me. That is not <laughs> my thing. Kind of spicy in the nasal area, but it was really cool to do that and then go back again. You know, whiskey first, then go to that. 
do a simple water wash of the palate, you know, spit some water around, spit it out as well, whatever, uh, and then go back to the whiskey because it got so much more prominent, right? Yeah. Um, kind of like like with, with cigars, what's actually really cool. Well, you can do it in whiskey too, right? So when you go to a distillery, right, you start with the white dog, and then yes. you go to the one year, and then you go to the final fermentation, and, then you, and yeah. then you you go through that range till you get to the final pack um, or, or finished product. Cigar's kind of the same way. It's actually a lot of fun to... Now, it's very difficult to do. I know this. But if you buy, you know, five cigars, smoke one cigar all the way through, peel the wrapper off, just smoke the binder and the filler, right? And then get down and kind of burn the filler and just kind of smell it like an incense. And then go back two, three days a week, two weeks later and smoke the cigar again. You create a whole palate again. You, you taste so many different things of the cigar because you've got the little tobaccos together. You have all that going. It's really unique how you can do that. And there's only two products that I think you can do that with. You do it with spirits and you do it with tobacco. You know, you can't eat the, you can't cut the rib cage out of a cow and chew on it, right? <laughs> and then go fire sear it with a little salt and pepper at a thousand degrees, bring it out, blued, and be like, oh, I can see the development in the meat. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, I mean, you can do that with, uh, with with tea and coffee, though. That that's an. I mean, and coffee does. Yeah, but that's a fucking rabbit hole. I do not want to go down because okay? <laughs> everybody's got coffee. Okay. So I, I, I am kind of excited about the about 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 hearing the people who are now getting fresh coffee from the same regions that are that are that are growing to cigar tobacco, and they're, and they're treating it the same way. They're 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 putting the the, the bovidas with with the roasted coffee beans. I I, I, so. I, I want to know what effect that has. <coughs> Excuse me. Me too, in a weird way, right? Because don't get me wrong, coffee bean is usually dried and packed. Well, the only time in my life that I was that I was actually in a place that that, that grows coffee was uh, in Ethiopia, and. There was a guy at a, at, a, at a bazaar that 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 was that was roasting coffee beans in a, in a frying pan over a fire. Right, but isn't the thing with coffee though? I under like okay, so maintaining humidity, right? Humidity is moisture. Okay, coffee bean is dry packed and stacked, and then moisture is added to it to create the coffee, right? The liquid of the coffee to, it, to yeah. force the caffeine out of the bean, right? That's true, but but if it, you maintain moisture in it. What does that do? I don't know. That's that's that's. I've, I, this was, I had, and I'm not a coffee guy. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I never took. I'm gonna share something with you guys. I'm gonna let this guy go, and he just loves us. He'll be back. He'll come back and catch you. <laughs> oh, Pinky the flamingo. He's a hooker. Shot <laughs> for money. <laughs> um, all right, so we did the Bell Mead and the New Riff. Um, Mad Russian. What a. We're probably gonna get into another cigar. The Bourbon Cowboy just fired one up. We'll let him talk about. It. Oh, he's got that old uh, TNT or whatever from Viaje. Well, it is the uh, Ave um, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, Viaje. Yeah. Is that the Ghost Rider? It's yellow. Yeah. I bought them. I don't know, five, six weeks. Shit, ago. we we should know. No, you've had them longer than that. You've had them longer than that. We did it on the Golden Tea podcast. Yeah. yeah. Remember we tried to play Golden Tea in podcast? Didn't work yeah. out too well. Yeah. Um, so what what would you like to get into next? Which ball? Can we do the uh, El Portero? 
Yeah. So, um, is it, is, is, is it, well, I can refrain from, from offering my personal story with the brand that ended up buying it. So originally... Wine and cheese. That was... No, no, no. But oh. originally the, the brand that, that owns the distillery, because originally that was that was Anchor Steam Distill Brewing out of, out of San Francisco. And so when I visited the distillery in 2015, uh, by the way, I know that everybody loves going to, 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 to wineries in, in Napa and Sonoma, but... My experience, I was so excited to do it, and when, and when I the last time I was there, the wineries were exactly the kind of thing that they try not to be, which was which, which was arrogant and, pre, and, pre, and pretentious. And so, what I what, what, going to the distilleries, I found a very different thing because people go to to to, to Napa, Sonoma, the San Francisco area for grape products those guys often get overlooked and so they were so humble and 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 and, and friendly that i really appreciated the, the kind of hospitality that they provided and so i i i i loved the kind of conversations i had with them and i and i and i and i loved the, the products at, at, at anchor steam the only reason that i'm disappointed that they sold off their distilling part of it to to hodling which is who, who owns it now and that's on the, that's on the, the label is I ran an event with them uh, two years ago, you know, before COVID, and they were fine. I'm I'm already getting into it. I'll just say they were they, they were they were not particularly kind to me. So they were dicks. I set up the event. Particularly kind. I, 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 well, I, I set up baggery. Yes. So I I, 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 I set up the event. I, I brought my my, my expensive Nikon camera to to, to 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 create to generate marketing photos for the event and 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 I wanted to participate in the event too. So there are times during their presentation, this educational thing, I, I, I was I, I, I wanted to ask questions. They didn't want me to participate, and the guy later apologized to me because he said that that he thought I was just the help, and I was like, can't can't the help also have an interest in in, in the subject matter? Like, just because I'm the help doesn't mean that that you should exclude me from 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 the event. And I told him I'm not I'm 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 here for you to make this a, a successful event, but you know that, that's kind of inappropriate. He, 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 and he, 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 so, uh, you so know, they, somebody else owns this now? No, no, they, 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 they just bought this. Oh, we don't want to drink this. <laughs> so I don't know. I, they, they do have some really good products in their portfolio, and and I, I hope they, they, they've, they've kind of adjusted and they learned from that. I, 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 I don't know. I hope. Well, hopefully they didn't make a shit ton of money during COVID because now they're just bigger dicks. <laughs> Pretentious as they come. Do have a ceramic cork we see, which is cool. That's the well, new thing. No, ceramic. It's a synthetic. Synthetic. Sorry. It's a synthetic. Oh yeah, it's ceramic. Brush. But I will say this. Uh, it, my thought was while we had the rush in here, maybe after hours later when we get back from our adventures today, we do it after hours, and we let the Russian try the brandy from um, 
that we had like two oh, or three months. Yeah, you have to try and that. And get his little take on that because it's I from think a, it was a local winery in Cedar Creek. Cedar, no, Sugar Creek. Sugar Creek. Okay. Brandy. And um, it's he put together this brandy and it's quoted as a brandy, but yeah, Mark was like, man, what are we doing? And then he had it and he was really pleasantly surprised. If you listen to that podcast, I'm literally, I, I make it up. I'm not lying. I was sitting here the whole podcast like, why the hell is there brandy out here? Did, like, you, guys, brandy. did you guys ever try that that um, that experimental cognac that, that, that I had at the old house? The one that was poured through like a chicken's dead head or some shit? Well, no, no, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was mezcal. That's true. That, uh, that's that's that, a true story. I'm not yes. making it up. <laughs> and, and yeah, there was another version of that that was poured through. Would you actually uh, like, while you're telling the story, to come uh, over and pour us sure. your stuff? There, there, was a, there was another one in that same series that was poured through a lamb carcass, and that was really good too. Very savory. Well, that's the one you were pitching to get the box on, right? Yes. So are you saying like when the bourbon cowboy passes away, you guys will take my carcass and run some bourbon? What I'm going to do with you is I'm going to take your head, drill a big fucking hole in it, hollow out your spine and create the coolest damn beer bong you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> we'll call it the bourbon bong. Well, so... The bourbon bong. So what, what I'm referring to specifically was, uh, well, sorry, it was, was kind of heavy. Well, but I, I saw yours and I oh, thought... Oh, sorry, the glass got heavy. That's probably the same damn amount anyway. It doesn't matter. I was trying to make it even... Like, cause you look like you drink port, so you have a poor wine glass. So... They, there was a, there, there's a company that, that that that's that's known not only for for, for, for cognac but actually they're they they're the ones who own um, uh, rum. It's the rum you guys. I can't think of. I can't think of the name right now. Rum? No 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 no. I can't think of the name right now. Um and and I know that you guys both have had it and you, and you liked it. Um, What's it look like? Um, they even had a, a a pineapple rum that was really good. It's bamboo. No, no. No bamboo. The original no, it's is like a banana Easy? flavor. No no no. It's it's a. Uh, Ah, I can't think of what it's called. Plantation. Yes. Yes. They own pla- they, plantation. They, yes, they own plantation rum, but they like so so six so, so that what they did is yeah, that that OS but, but, that OSTD so, so they that started, cash strength rum. But they started doing these this kind of experimental series in very small numbers, and I bought this cognac. They can't call it cognac; they have to call it brandy because from the cognac region. It is from the cognac. It it it's grown with cognac grapes. It's aged first in. in, is, in, it dis- in is it bottled, distilled, and shipped from the Cognac region no, in France? It, it is, but but they just for their experimental thing, they decided to to see what happens if they do a secondary aging in chestnut barrels, and that made it. It gave it a very whiskey. Wait, we have had this. I I, I thought I poured it. The chestnut good. barrel thing. We have had this. Where would we have done that? At? His house. Because oh. it, it was produced in, in a very small number, like 200 bottles. Yes. And, and I, I bought, oh, actually, I, I think we had it on New Year's. And, and I, bought, I bought two of them, and I still have one that's unopened, and, and I, I thought it was awesome. I think we had it on New Year's. I didn't have it because I don't think I, I was at that New Year's celebration. No, that's the, for some reason, I feel like, you know, chestnuts on a roasted fire, I think we had it on New Year's. So, well, let's do this. Let's toast this. Um, one thing that's got me kind of confused about this bottle so, when you look at the bottle, on the top left it says single malt, straight rye whiskey. Yeah. Pot distilled, that doesn't make it, it single. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. Pot distilled from 100% rye, aged four years, six months, and charred, charred fine grain new American oak. So you can call it a single malt if it's 100%. Let's cheers this up and get this shit It smells malty. I mean, the amber on this is, like, really rich. 
Wow, that smells like a port wine. Yeah, it does to me too. Oh my god. But look at that. Wow. Wow, I just got like the chills and the nose shake and oh man. Wow. It's got a knob creek color to it. That's what I call it. That's knob creek yeah. color. Yeah, actually. And yeah. This, this is one of the changes with, with after the brand was, was purchased by Hodling. Is there when, cinnamon in there? That's when they started offering these uh, barrel picks. Am I crazy? But there's like a taste, there's a hollow point in that taste. This shit tastes like a hot fire. I can't fireball. figure out what that hollow, there's like a hollow note in there. And I don't know if that is a little bit of wood. That's that hollow wood in there. What, maple wood? The maple? But you know what I'm saying? There's like a hollow taste in this. There's all this flavor, and then there's a real hollow point in there. I, I got don't know this. what the hell's in that hollow point. I got this prominent, and maybe it's a cigar. I don't know. I get cinnamon, man. Cinnamon. I'm being a dick when yeah, I say no. I, I agree. I actually, approve I don't fireball. There is kind of a like a baking spice quality about this that's really strong, especially on on the nose. Allspice, maybe. Like an allspice. You say baking spice, maybe an allspice. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. It's weird because the nose—it's like a port wine, man. That tart, tart, dense smell. There's just a deep flavor. Of, what do you mean by hollow wood? Well, I mean I'm not saying hollow wood. I'm saying when I taste that, there is a hollow point in that tasting where there's something right in the center of it that I can't put my uh, oh, I can't put my finger on it. But if you take a taste of that. And when it kind of explodes in your mouth, there's like an opening right there in the center. It's like a hollow point, and I don't know what that is. And it may be... So I don't know. I guess I'd have to know more about what... I, I actually do like this a lot better with the cigar. The the other, the previous ones, like the Bell Mead, I, I thought that my cigar was really overpowering that flavor and and so I, I really was was kind of doing them separate and, well and this, I think that I like might be together. a barley I mean because it says I, I think barley. it's a, no, it's no, a no. hollow barley well no it can't it can't but be it barley. says right here it says pot distilled 100% rye yes. malt and aged four years six months and charred four and Fine grain. Yeah, but to create oak. a malt, all a malt means is that they that they yeah, but that malt, malt steam the rye. It's so, that malt. That's the one I'm tasting. It's that malt. So it's the that smoke. Hollow point. It's the smoke that's creating that taste. And doesn't smoke kind of create an airy well, an airy? Yes, I want to yes, say but, areola, but then I'm on breast. That's a nipple. <laughs> I'm like, <"Yeah." laughs> that's a nipple. No, no. Okay, that makes sense. What you say? That okay. does make sense. Pot stilled, hundred percent rye malt means that they that they used something to smoke the rye yes. to remove the moisture to create the and that's the what I feel like that hollow point that I'm taking that, and actually that's fair one thing I gotta say about Connecticut Broadleaf on the UF-13 as I get down here it puts a slam amount of sweetness in the middle of your tongue but it's not sweet like you'd think I know it's gonna make you laugh it's like Fruit Loop or Green Apple sweet there is a candy type sweetness but, but it's throwing not, me off but those all you described is a very high like almost a sour upper taste this is like a really deep um no i'm not going sweet side uh, well, sour will be about, tart 
when you This is fun because this is completely yeah, different on both porty, But I think yeah. it's a very porty, uh, fruit fruit flavored. But then that hollow point, I think, is the malt in that coming out. Is my fuck. Well, you pulling the malt into it and actually, because that confused the shit out of me when I read it. I'm like, okay, one, I don't know how you can put single malt. But then I, I overread. I, I completely eliminated pot still, and I completely eliminated 100%. Of course, it's, so it's 100% rye. Right, so the best way that I can can combine this, right, a single malt scotch, okay, a single grain, single pot still that has been smoked, barley, blah, 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 you're done, there you go, right? Same thing, they smoke the rye to create a single malt rye. That's very unique. That hollow point, that malt, that's what's gonna. That's, that's what's explaining the density of the whiskey to me. That's what I'm saying. And we've had that's another one really like cool. this where me and you have been tasting it, and there was something, and it's the it was the malt again that we really couldn't describe, and it was right oh in there, God. and we we're like, uh, wow. Was it that Jay Rieger barrel finish? Jay Rieger. Actually, this kind of reminds me of. Rieger. You remember the one that that um, that Sheldon brought out that came from. New England. Oh, um, battle, uh, battle cry. Yeah, this battle cry. Yeah, yeah but we did, that, What was battle cry uh, involved with? There was two things that were involved with that battle cry that we didn't like the battle cry, but it was involved with something else that we were another. Well, model. they were a uh, no. If I remember this right, I'd have to go. I'm still getting seven on that. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, that battle is it was a battle cry i can look back on the podcast find out but that was a brewery that began distilling whiskey after they'd been a well-established brewery and it was done with like the well that's what these guys did it was a brewery and the battle cry bourbon that they were yeah they were were, uh, finishing it and battle cry barrels or something like that Yeah, they were finishing in their beer barrels and doing, yeah, but, yeah. That's what that was. This is good. G- I, I don't normally like straight rye products, but this one this is where, kind of like a port. Uh, it's like a straight rye finished in port, and yet the rye has been subdued. This is a Manhattan and without the malt fruit. helps it remove. out, too, I think. Yeah. This know, is a Manhattan also, without fruit or vermouth. I, I'll admit, though, that I, I don't... I, I'm not. I don't like this as much as I thought. You want to hear me say something that I guarantee neither one of you ever thought I would ever say? If you lit an assy blondie bellicosa and smoked it against this pour, I guarantee it would be a. It, it would change your mind on infused cigars. Even better, a deadwood leather rose from Drew, same same company Drew State with this whiskey, it would it would blow your mind. It really would. It's like when you have when you have a port wine. When you have a port wine, if you put a very sugary cigar against it, it's like for me, it's like cheesecake in your mouth. It's just it's so dense, and there's so much sugar involved. It just becomes this dessert in its own. It's it's super unique. Yeah, this is not what I what I expected. Well, if you figure what I'm smoking, this cigar here is. It's kind of like that. This is kind of like a baker's goods. I'm almost certain that's an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nick Rongwin binder, and Nick Rongwin the Harold Filler. And this is kind of bakey. This is a good pairing for this old, is it called Potorero? 
Pot, you know how I am Pot with pronunciations. Is it Potrero? Potrero or Potrero? Russian? Potrero? Yes. Potrero? Yes. I mean, this baker, this is kind of like a baker. I mean, don't get me wrong, but that's in a Hennessy bottle, right? I'm not crazy? It, it does look like one, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. This thing says it's a, what, a 130 proof? What's 65.2? The 131, 130.4? Wow, yeah. I didn't realize it, was, it doesn't feel like it's that hot. No, it doesn't. Not at all. But we've experienced that before as well. And we have. Um, I don't know. It's I, look. I I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Well, in common, let me ask you this: Would you do this again at a different time with something else? Yeah, I would. I would really, too. I mean, it's interesting. I'd it's actually like a really interesting bottle because it's not too sweet to be honest with you. A lot of ports that I've had are a tad too sweet, but this is kind of interesting. And I think it's a great fucking pairing for my cigar. Well, and see, and here's this is the cool thing about doing different cigars, right? Can I get broadleaf on this, right? Honduran, Brazilian Metafina, all that different tobacco. This is creating the sweetness that I'm getting because neither one of you are getting sweetness, right? It's sweet to me. That's what the UF-13 is doing to this whiskey. Right? Is it, can you call it a whiskey? It's a whiskey, right? It is. Or it's 130 fucking proof port wine. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. No, no, it's a whiskey. It's, a it's in a Hennessy bottle, though. There's no argument there, right? That's a Hennessy <laughs> bottle. We can say that? No. Um, it's good. I would do. I would almost like to sit down and like have. If you got a good steak with that, you know, a vegetable or a pepper. Not. I wouldn't so much say like a, a mashed potato, but vegetable and a pepper with that as your sipper on the back of a bite. Throw a little well, salt they used and pepper. To have after dinner drinks. Remember you? Yeah. Back in the olden well, day. Now you, I'm much older than you guys. No, here. You ready for this? Before people would you do get that. a great steak, and then they would have little shots of after dinner drinks. Do you know? Like Benedictine. Yes. Is one yes. of the standards. Well, there's a yes. reason that port wine is served in that glass. You only get, you only, you only get something you only like need two ounces of port. Right. I remember 15 years ago, okay? 15 years ago, the only, and I'm, these were well-established restaurants, cigar bars, the whole nine, okay? The only time you saw a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned was on a dessert menu. Because of the density, the potentness. The, the sugars against the alcohol. It was the finish of the night drink. When you saw the menu that said, would you like a coffee, an espresso, you had a Manhattan, an old fashioned, you'd see Negronis on there. You'd see something that had enough potency that would change your palate from your dinner. It would erase the dinner. Well, that's another thing I like to bring up. I've got a lot of my buddies who are like, hey man, we're having a good time today, right? We're drinking, everything's great. We're gonna ruin it by dinner, and I disagree. I'm like, no. man, dinner will bring. If you ruin it with dinner, that's because you went to Taco Bell. I'm just saying, <laughs> dinner can escalate everything to a new level because great food will escalate what you're drinking, and then to finish your. I mean, I I always come out of dinner much better than always. I did. A well, so guys, there's there's know. ways to do dinner though, right? So you can go to I, dinner. Well, I hear you on that. You can go to dinner and you can do where, okay, so we know how the night's going, right? This is the end of the night, right? So we're gonna eat hearty. 
have some wine, have a cocktail, everyone's going home, right? I always look or, at it as, as fourth quarter. Sure. Like, hey, like if you're playing football, we're getting ready to start fourth quarter. We're going to eat, get a good meal, and then, man, we're going for the end at the end there. It's or dinner. Beautiful. Or dinner is, okay, so we've been hanging out all day, or to dinner is, the, and this is why times of dinner matter, right? Typically, I'm a 7.30, 8 p.m. dinner eater, right? Because I'm going to eat a good meal, I'm going to have some drinks, and maybe there's two or three hours after that that we're going to hang out with friends and have some fun, okay? But if we know that dinner, so I've, I've always, I've studied this in people, right? You'll notice that, and, and parties don't usually start, like get-togethers and, and actual pushing of the fun don't start till 8 or 9 o'clock at night, right? It's not because the sun goes down. It's because usually people are getting together at 5, 6, or 7 p.m. You're getting together somewhere. You're going to have a meal, have some appetizers, have a glass of wine here or there. And I, I don't like to use that word pre-game because it sounds like you're in college. You're just a, a, a pounder of, of alcohol, whatever method it is. But you get it together and you start your night. What the dinner does, the dinner puts the food in your belly. It gets your palate ready. It excites you. It wakes you up. It gets you moving. And then, especially if you're a bourbon drinker or you're a cigar smoker, a cocktail. If you're into, you know, I, I call you, you know, you're, you're plain Jane on cocktails. If this guy over here is doing his Frankenstein cocktails with 30 different ingredients and 9,000 flavors, dinner has set you there, right? That's what it gets you ready for. The food's in the stomach. You've got to balance. sets me up for the rest of the night. You get all the nourishment you need, and it complements what you're drinking. Nourishment, thank you. And then yeah. the next thing you know, man, you get a little pump, right? You got your proteins, you got all that shit going on, and then you cap it with some great drinks, and it's just another stepping stone to the end of that fourth quarter that you're gonna go out feeling great. You're all pumped out, you got your propane. He walked out on his phone. Oh, okay. Anyway, and then I just look at it as a great, uh, part of the night and a lot of guys are just like man I'll go down after that well I'm like man something's wrong if you're going out on a good dinner I, well I that, that's it. because they sit you're down eating too and too much or some shitty that's exactly stuff. what it is you're eating too much or you're eating not quality food and I'm not saying that you have to go to a five-star restaurant and get quality food man look you can go to Applebee's and have a good meal some decent appetizers have a couple of drinks and still continue on right right you know it's I always joke, it's like, if we hit somewhere and we're and we're hanging out after, if I have 36 oysters and I have a filet mignon for dinner. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say 36 oysters? You were in Key West, man. You didn't have so many oysters I ate? I never saw you eat 30 fucking six oysters. Dude, we had uh, just sitting Maybe at the Maybe 36 salty, amongst hey, all of us. No, just sitting at the Salty Dog, we ordered 72 oysters at the Salty Dog. Then we went to Two Fish, whatever, watched that awesome guy on the piano play. You must have ate a hell. I must. I mean, I don't know, dude. When they're twenty-five cents a pop, you're not mad at them. Oh no, I'm not <laughs> mad at anyone. Yeah. But it's it's just. But then if you see someone sit down and they have, uh, you know, a dense appetizer, a salad, a full meal, and then you're sitting in. You know, some people can push through that, but I think sometimes you're overloading yourself and you get done. There's a reason every dessert menu, right? And I've noticed this in restaurants now. It used to be you had cheesecake first, molten cake, all of the dense food first. Now, the six different coffees and coffee-infused cocktails are before the desserts. Because you can have an espresso. Throw some caffeine real quick and wake you back up while your body's digesting all the, the dense amount of food you put in. Yeah. You know? Or gummy. 
origami. Yeah, that dude. You can. It's really extracurriculars really help. Cocktails with a guy, and he says he has these specific gummies that help him digest. Which I never heard that before, and maybe that's true. I don't. I don't have enough time well, that's to look stuff. into it. But he said, I have a specific gummy that helps me digest my food to make me feel. Maybe that's just in his mind or whatever. We'll have to look into that. Well, that would but not whatever. surprise me because of when you hear about marijuana. And These stuff guys now. are so fucking technical on their shit. They're they're leaving no stern uh, stone unturned, man. They're into there's, it. There's something like. Um, accredited like six or seven um thc sommeliers in the world right now you know what guys i have to give a shout no, out to the, hang on hang on bro. hang on is that not a i have to bro. give a shout out to the bourbon cowboy right now so i like to watch him when he does the ash thing we're in the pool right nobody wants ash in the pool that's just that's bad juju no one enjoys that and he's he put about half the cigar. That's a that was a six fifty two. Two and a half inches hanging on. Uh, a good three, right? Good. Three. It's about six fifty two, right? Okay. So fifty four maybe. He kept going to the ashtray. He would take his draw. The ash wasn't going. He'd give it a little shake. Ash wouldn't drop. He's doing good. This draw, something in him. He went to draw the cigar. Put his hand under the cigar. Ash falls, caught in his hand, disposed of it in the ashtray. Sir, high five. That's a fucking pro, man. That is professional. And that's why I'm just saying, professional, listen, you guys should know word. at this point. If you're smoking a lot of cigars, watch yourself. You know, you know what to do. And, and but a lot of guys don't give a shit. It's on the floor in the pool. Who gives a shit? But that's a true pro. I mean, you know, you're responsible for your drinks, your everything. It makes a consummate pro. As you're an aficionado about cigars and bourbon, and you do things right, and yeah, I, but here's here. And I'm so glad that word, you saw that. That word. That's the way I always roll. I wanted to talk about this. Earlier. That word, aficionado, right? I don't know the technical definition of the term aficionado. I, I like to equate it to, and there are many people in my life that are, are these individuals. You can be an aficionado at business, at numbers, at uh, you know. I think Hall of Fame players are aficionados at their sport. Like they know it. I think that term for me means that you know the aspect of what you're doing in and out, and you know the etiquette of what you're doing in and out. Right? Aspects 50, 50 percent. We can look it up. Etiquette 50 percent. Well, the definition up. is going to make me sound crazy, right? This yeah. is the craft bureau definition of aficionado. You do not know, have to know the in and outs and every factual historical point of view on what you're doing, but if your etiquette is 100 percent. If you're on par with proper ways of doing things, you're an aficionado to me. I don't care if it's the third time you've smoked a cigar or you've been drinking whiskey for 70 years. Well, I don't maybe care. it's something you've just been taught. Like, for example, if you're a camper, you go to a campsite. I've always been taught when you get a campsite, you look at the whole campsite and you leave yeah, it. Yeah, but the campsite's bad because I know people that have been camping 20 years and don't know anything you're about I understand to say. that, but I'm just <laughs> using it as an example. When you go somewhere, you leave it the way it you saw it or and experience it, it or you leave it better it. than the way yeah. you left it. And that's the old, always the way I have looked at everything. And uh, it's just like with everything, man. I mean... Just have some recollection of what you've been taught to leave an area as good as what you left it, if not better. 
I agree. Came uh, to it. For, for sure, man. I, I think. I mean, Burning Man goes out into a fucking desert, and they do some shit that's like mind-boggling. At the end, everybody walks every square inch of that and leaves nothing. You know, actually, leaves nothing. I don't mean this derogatory when I say this, and I hope it doesn't come off this way. But I think you just made the best point all day and yo we're gonna end on this let's do this burning man right when you go to burning man you're probably on every drug if not trying one of every drug known to man everybody knows that right if you can lose yourself in a desert for days and leave the desert clean when you leave why 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 can't you why can't everybody do that? Why can't you do that in a lounge? I saw a in a controlled today. environment, in, 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 in an area where where things are are set in place for you, and the materials to make sure you leave clean are there. And maybe leave clean is a bad term. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm, I'm I'm not talking anything in that manner. I don't want anybody to take it that way. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, what says you can't do that? When the articles are in place for you to leave in a good manner. I, I honestly, I think it is. Uh, I saw a guy the other day ate a sandwich and whatever, and he threw the bag in his water bottle down on the ground and walked away from it in an open parking lot. And I was like, man, I, I wanted to go down there and talk to him. But well, you might have got shot It wasn't or stabbed, that I so. was afraid of a uh, confrontation, but I'm just like, you know... Um, it's like I always go back to the Indian you know that you remember the, the little clip on the Indian where he would be canoeing down a stream and he would see all this trash I'm like I have never in my life felt comfortable about leaving trash if you have something that needs to be put in a receptacle or whatever I've always taken care of it I, I, I just believe if you go somewhere or you are somewhere you're traveling, whatever trash you have, you take care of it in the proper manner well, let me, and, be, and be done with it. I agree. Let me make this point. So there's this common um, gratuity or, or understanding around the world that if you're on a beach smoking a cigar, right, or if you're smoking a blunt or if you're a bowl and you're emptying the, the marijuana from a bowl, you dig a hole in the sand and you drop it, right? If it, if it, and if, and but bury listen, it, if it's natural, like if tobacco, it's natural, but natural, what that has turned into, it'll break down and on, be gone. Cigarette smokers will dig a hole and drop them. So what I actually learned not from a young a age, oh yes they will, God, not yes they filter, fucking will. Fucking, it's not okay. A filter is not biodegradable. But what I learned young is water bottle, Gatorade bottle, something. Even to this day, no. like when I was in, when I was in Honduras on that beach smoking. I got done. Before I started, I bought a $9 bottle of Gatorade from a guy. Poured the Gatorade out. I don't like Gatorade. I don't drink Gatorade. Threw it out. Right? The three cigars I smoked in that night were in that bottle. <laughs> right? Now, I dug a hole and knocked the ash in the hole, right? Because it's just the ash, right? I'm not doing anything wrong. And I'm talking I dug a hole. So, two hands, right? So, what? 12 inches deep? Two hand widths out? 12 inches deep? Buried the ash through the... Through the, the caps of the cigar into that bottle and got rid of it. But I think it all comes down to this. Listen, um, if everybody is responsible for their own um, trash or whatever you want to call it, for your footprint, the world would be in a fabulous place. But for some reason, 
people think they can discard and somebody else will do it for them. And it's just not true. It, it, it is just not true. You have to be responsible for the planet as well as everybody. And if we are all responsible, we wouldn't be in half the shit we are because I see it all day long. I live in St. James. Uh, I pick up five to 10 bags just on my stretch of my front road. And it's just like, man, come on. Let, let, let's, if everybody's responsible for their trash, it's a whole lot better. Well, trash is a whole different subject anyway. We don't want to get into that, but I'm just saying, man, come on. Yeah, we were about to hop into solving the world's problems right there. I don't there. want to go down doing to that. that. Hell no, that's crazy. Fuck. Um, we went from ash to yeah. That was sorry, guys, for that YouTube moment where you go, oh, oh, Pinky, what are you doing, you little hooker? Get out of here. Um. Anyway, let, let's go back to this this malted rye real quick. Um. I definitely want to do this again. I'm not having another pour of it that. It definitely like, went great with my... Well, let's do this. Cigar to cigar, right? Okay, so the UF-13, I'm wrapping this guy. I'll get ready to fire up a uh, Green Hornet, okay? Um, was there... the? How sweet was this whiskey to you? It was sweet. It was sweet? Yeah, it's very um, fruity. It it's, is? Yes, it is. Okay. But, I mean, would you... I mean, I would say we would consider this light on the cuff of a port. I mean, I think it's very fruity, and um, but it's got all, and there's a lot of rye in there, but I think... See, I don't I don't get any rye. Well, I understand that, but if you Spice look at the bottle, it's a straight rye. I understand so that, I'm but... I'm telling you, a lot of the coverage is coming from, like we talked about, I think there's and a lot the of And the fuck have you seen a rye that dark? And a lot of barley that has not covered that it up. And when I initially had it, that void, I think was the malt around the barley and all the flavor that was helping that kind of be okay. And then the, the alcohol content on it was really high and I really kind of liked it. Now, would I do this a lot? No, but, and it really paired with this, uh, the shadow. Remind me, uh, the Ghost Rider, the Viaje Ghost Rider, which is a really good cigar. I first had this, and I probably set it on it. I bought this box of gunshots, uh, shotgun shells, yeah, of these little Robustos, and they were fabulous. And, um, I want to continue and buy some more of these. Well, it's it's, it's just Hopefully, hard, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, a little really difficult, good. you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was interesting, man. That, that's, I know we went on a lot of rabbit holes there. I'm going to wrap this We've up. We've gone up on a lot of shit today. Well, I want to wrap the old Portero up. I'm not a port drinker, right? Like, I think I've had port wine, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 times. Had it enough to know that smell, man. It, it, it's potent and deep and it's readily there, you know? Um, did you break those? Oh. Oh. It's kind of um, like right at the bottom of that barrel of port. There's that syrupy, just like really high concentrate it's dense. flavor. Yeah. 
And uh, but this was not too bad. I mean, it was really interesting. I mean, I think port wine comes. I'd be in. more interesting in him trying that brandy. Uh, he will, he which will. was really light and had a lot of different things that me and you've talked about, which really is on the cusp of bourbon, cusp of scotch, which I think he would probably fuck. Well, enjoy. and you know what? This is what's interesting and about it's a that. St. Louis pride. That's true too. Yeah. What's interesting about this is malting a rye right like using that smoke method to create a hundred percent pot still whiskey i mean I, I mean this is the one that doesn't play that boundary of scotch and bourbon this plays a port and scotch which again there are maybe maybe true single malt cash strength whiskeys that hit that kind of proof note maybe 10 in the world and I'm comfortable on that. Like I'm 99 on that. They're not the only two that I have seen in regular production are McCallum, McCallum Rare Cask, which is 110, 112 maybe, and uh, Highland Park Full Volume Cask Strength, which is 121. Amrut, which is a blended single malt out of India, they do a cast Strength at 123. That was that coffee tasting one we had at the Legends BC that night. Yeah. Um, that everybody drank the bottle. It was it actually was really good. <laughs> um, that was unique on that. So we're getting ready to wrap up, man. I know you had some business, but you were reading, so do what you want to say. Well, so I actually decided that it was appropriate in this case to, to, to look up the details on the cigar I was smoking. And it was it's it was a a Nicaraguan Havana wrapper. They do not disclose the binder, and the filler was uh, Nicaragua and uh, Peru. So, um, I, I didn't read the tasting notes. I, 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 I don't think that 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 it had the kind of sweetness that 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 um, that I, I might have expected. Just just knowing those basic details and so uh, uh, actually that's one of the things that I think helped me out with with this pairing I, I really liked it as a pairing with the El Potrero sorry uh, Potrero Potrero more than, than than I did with 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 with, with previous things that we that we tasted I think we got, I think it was a really good cigar uh, I, I don't I don't see a whole lot of, of tobacco out, out of Peru so I Luciano like, Reyes, Peruvian tobacco, I, I like, Pichardo Scar. Yeah, well, I mean, they have, I mean... Well, let me ask you a question, because we were on coffee. Or the coffee uh, staples that I have is out of Hawaii, Kahlua, uh, uh... Kona Cigar Company? Or Kona Coffee. Kona Coffee. It's Kona Coffee, and it's Smoked probably the that I have. I love... Anyway, everybody likes it when they come to my house. What about uh, tobacco? Is there anything being grown in Hawaii that... You ready for this? Yeah. So, we're going to wrap this podcast up and continue the Hawaiian tobacco that I have a surprise for patron viewers. It's kind of funny this popped up. I was keeping this a secret. But since we're going to jump into that and you brought the question up, Check it out, guys. Is it going to work with that? With the Bib and Tucker. We're going to go on the Bib okay. and Tucker next. Uh, we're not going to smoke them right now, but we're going to talk about them, so I don't have them. I ordered them. Um, I got a long history about this. Uh, Julian, the Silver Fox, I know you listen to these through and through. Get on board with this, man. Something really cool is coming our way. I'm really stoked about it. Um, but 
from the Liquid Ranch. Craft and Puro, patreon.com slash craft and Puro. We're having a little video trouble right now, so we're gonna launch a Patreon podcast only until I can figure this video thing out. Again, there'll only be 15, 20 minute audios, but we wanna continue to support you guys and give you everything you guys give us. So from the Viking, mahalo guys, I'm out. Uh, Mad Russian, say your goodbyes with the Burma Cowboy. Take us out. Спасибо и до свидания. Oh, let's go on, bro. We love you guys. We did not forget about you. We talked we about you a lot earlier. About it, but listen, we still out. love you. Beautiful day. I have to say, just giving caption to the the skies. There is a few white puffy clouds, but what an enormous, great fucking day. I'm thankful for it. And from the Bourbon Cowboy and the Russian joining us this day, we are out and we will see you next week. Giddy up.